the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> on Wednesday, Kathy Lewis posted on Facebook a statement by Adrian Marie Mayfield, who had been an intern on Hearsay with Kathy Lewis when she was a student at ODU and is now with Wavy News. Adrian's statement captured completely what I was feeling. She wrote, Last night I covered the second local mass shooting of my career. I was out on scene with my colleagues and our first responders who were diligently clearing the scene and tending to the wounded and dead. I used to think, I hope that never happens here. After Virginia Beach, I thought, I can't believe that happened here. After last night, I wonder, when will it happen again? When will it happen again here? She concluded, hold your loved ones tight this Thanksgiving and keep this community and these families in your highest thoughts. Even before reading this, I had been thinking of those of you who live in Chesapeake. As I had thought about others of you living in Virginia Beach back in 2019, after the mass shooting there. And as I think of those of us living in Norfolk, where the homicide rate is rapidly increasing. Mostly I thought about my daughter, who has lived in Chesapeake for 35 years and calls Chesapeake her home rather than Northern Virginia. I set aside preparing the sermon that I was going to preach on the Old Testament reading this morning and turned to what was immediately at hand. Forgive me, if you would, for not preaching on the readings this morning. Gun violence and all of its components, such as motive, mental illness, availability of guns, gun violence and all its, com its components dominate what we hear and read in the media, our thoughts, and hopefully our prayers and much of what we talk about. In fact, it is so on our minds that I have a, had a hard time not hearing today's gospel as referring to a sudden and unexpected event of gun violence. We know how to respond. I was grateful for Father Noah's statement to us on Facebook on Wednesday morning and for the prayer vigil at St. Thomas Chesapeake that he and Bishop Susan attended Wednesday night. We can find healing and resilience by coming together and expressing our feelings of sorrow and loss, anger and helplessness, hope and commitment. Most of all, I was grateful that Christ in St. Luke's was opened for a period of time on Wednesday for folks to come in and pray, and if they wish to do so, talk with clergy present about how they were affected. 
Talking about our feelings is critically important. Talking not only to God in prayer, but to one another as well. Happily, most of us who can and do express their emotions find sharing them with others can keep them on an even keel. That's why I call talking about our feelings to another God's sacrament of creation. That is why we set up opportunities for us to talk. For most of us, talking like that is sufficient. But occasionally it happens that that is not enough, that our fears are so deep that just saying, oh, I'm afraid to go out is really not enough to help compensate, to exercise the feelings from within so that we can live with them more easily. It is something for us to watch in those we watch out for and those we love, to be aware of in ourselves, and to help others do something about it if we see them finding their lives conditioned and contained by the fear within them. They need to do more than just talk in the conversation groups that are available. Watch out for that person who suddenly doesn't go out anymore, who stays behind closed doors with the locks on. And when he or she has to go out, finds it difficult and does so with care and in fear and trembling. Watch out for people like a friend of mine who has decided to move to Westminster Canterbury rather than Harbor's Edge when he retires. Why? Because Westminster Canterbury is, in his words, in the middle of nowhere and therefore much safer than living in the city. <laughs> Even though he and his wife have lived in Norfolk for decades and always planned to stay here in retirement. Now, don't get me wrong, Westminster Canterbury is a lovely place. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But their fear of gun violence makes them move from the place where they want to live, the city in which are their friends and their activities, in order to be more secluded and away from danger. Now, I'm not talking about people who need psychiatric help. And that's a good thing, since it's virtually impossible to get a, an appointment with a mental health practitioner any time in the next six to eight months. They are overwhelmed with patients from COVID isolation and mass shootings. No, I'm talking about something we can do when we go it along meaning without professional help, when we find ourselves overwhelmed with fear that just mentioning and dinner conversation is not enough to relieve. And we find that we need and should 
single out a close friend, a family member if possible, not many families probably have that, but if they do, a respected fellow parishioner or a member of the clergy, someone who will let you do the talking and listen to what you say and will not tell anyone what you've said. It is amazing how just sharing our fear can help relieve it. But not just sharing it in a general way, sharing it in the confidentiality of a relationship with a friend or priest who can help hold up the fear once it has been expressed and talk about it. What makes you feel this way? What are you particularly afraid of? What have you seen or heard about that is so terrifying? And as that is discussed, suddenly the peels of the fear come off like the peels of the skin of an onion. And the fear is still there, but it is not so powerful. And the person can live in confidence, still with fear, but not without being able to control it and live with it. That's why I call it a sacrament of creation, because it's something that is given by God to everyone. We can all yap. And through that, with a friend, exposing our deepest and inward feelings and fears and analyzing them, we can bring them to grip. The fear may still exist, but it's much less dominating. Now there's a problem with this, of course. That is, we are so ashamed of so many of our feelings and emotions. I don't want somebody to know I'm so scared. I don't want somebody to know I'm so inhibited from doing anything. In fact, I wonder if I'm the only one in the world who feels this way. It's so different, it's so terrible, I'm so exposed. They would mock me or think less of me. So the tendency, the drive, the urgency is to keep it to ourselves. And that leaves the fear in control. The only way to release the fear is to share it. And the surprising thing is, you know, whoever hears it will not be the least bit surprised because all of us have had this kind of fear, maybe just not to the degree that this person has. But releasing it is what we do to take advantage of God's gift to us of finding healing and resilience by exposing and admitting to another, by analyzing it and thinking about it in order to have release ourselves from its dominion. You know, the gospel helps here. The gospel can help us be more open about ourselves and our feelings and our emotions, even if there's no guilt involved. Because the gospel, remember, is addressed to the ego, not to the superego. 
The gospel speaks to us in the indicative, I love you dearly. You are precious in my sight. The gospel does not speak to us in the imperative, you must do this or that or some other thing or all three things if you are going to be acceptable and loved. True, probably most Christians think that's what the gospel says. They really don't know what they're missing, do they? But to hear and listen to and internalize the gospel of Jesus Christ affirming our standing with him frees us to be what we are, to face up with what we are, even to admit and talk about our deepest fears which embarrass us to another in order that through that sacrament of creation we can find healing and resilience. Amen.